This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on Valentine's Day, February 14th. We love the fact that you're listening to the Noon Business Hour. Good afternoon and thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. The diamond business is changing thanks to lab-grown stones. We'll take a closer look in our next segment. Right now, if you're still contemplating a Valentine's Day gift, you may want to propose a romantic getaway. Let's get some suggestions from Cindy Richards, editor-in-chief of SheBuysTravel.com based in Chicago. Cindy, thank you for joining us today. And let's paint a picture uh, at the outset of this Valentine's Day show. It's later this evening. Uh, You and your significant other are uh, having a romantic dinner together. Maybe that second glass of wine is starting to kick in and you're thinking about, all right, we got a little bit of money socked away. Let's go on a romantic trip somewhere soon. Uh, What's a good way to approach that? Well, I think that the gift of experiences is always the best gift. I'd much rather have that. I'd love to have uh, my husband say, you know, I'm, I've planned the surprise trip. But I also think that planning vacations together is a lot of fun, right? You're, um, you, you, ha- you identify a date when you can go. You get an idea of where you want to go. And then you start making the plans and you have the anticipation of, you know, it's only a month away. It's only three weeks away, whatever. Um, But I also think that one of the best reasons to do that sort of advanced planning is because you can figure out ways to get a lot more for your money. It's a really great way to get a luxury vacation on um, on a, a, you know, a beer budget. And then uh, when we talk about uh, uh, scheduling and planning, I mean, let's say you do have the luxury of uh, being able to get up and go relatively soon. Uh, This seems to be a good time for deals before uh, school spring break starts to kick in before that period. Uh, You can see a lot of deals in February and March. Oh, they call it shoulder season travel in the business. And it's always one of the best times to get great deals. Um, You know, you can... um, you can I, I, there there are any number of sites that will send out deal emails all the time. I think if you are a traveler, you should be on a lot of those lists. Places like Travel Zoo, there's uh, there's cruise lines. Uh, they're all last minute deals, right? They have rooms that aren't full, and they're going to offer a great deal to get somebody to get on that cruise ship and fill that cabin. So you can uh, you can look around and find what they are. You can start to look for great deals. Um, we were just talking with friends about booking a cruise uh, for next winter, and and I said, you know what? And if that falls through, we're going to get an even better deal if we wait and at the last minute we snap something up that's available. 
there's always amazing deals for that. And that is a real way to have a luxury vacation on a, sh- on a beer budget. And, and the important thing, too, is that uh, let's say one is one, one, one partner in the relationship is more of a planner than the other. Uh, do you do you let them just kind of take over at that point and plan their dream vacation because uh, they have a more kind of definite idea about what they want? Well, I suppose it depends on the couple's um, vibe, if that's okay with a couple that that doesn't want to do all the planning, if they're okay to go along to get along, then absolutely. Uh, You know, everybody has their own relationship and how they do things. Um, Before I got married, I used to travel with a really good friend who was a huge planner, and I was the perfect traveling companion because whatever she planned, I was happy to do it. And I was also happy not to have to plan it because I usually have to plan all of the travel. So it's whatever works for you guys. The key is really to find something that you would both enjoy or you're both interested in exploring so that you're very excited about the trip coming up. I mean, if only one of you is a golfer and the other one thinks that's the most boring thing in the world, that's not the right trip to discuss tonight over the second glass of wine. (laughs) I was going to say. You want to discuss the one where you're both like, wow, I've always wanted to go there. Let's do it. Let's explore together. Cindy Richards, editor-in-chief of SheBuysTravel.com in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up, lab-grown diamonds versus their natural counterparts. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. On this Valentine's Day, we're tracking a shift in the precious gem industry. Let's discuss lab-grown versus real diamonds with Paul Zimniski, independent diamond industry analyst based in New York. Paul, thank you for joining us today. Now, Valentine's Day, this has to be prime time for proposals, like uh, uh, head and shoulders above any other significant time of the year. Yeah, it's usually Valentine's, you know, New Year's, Christmas. Uh, those are kind of the big three. And then when it comes to uh, uh, what people, what the, the stone in the engagement ring, uh, are diamonds still the uh, far and away the favorite, uh, the, the, the favorite as far as uh, engagement rings are concerned? Or are people starting to branch out to other precious gems? Yeah, I think diamonds still the, you know, the, the primary go-to. I think you mentioned you know, man-made versus natural diamond, I would say. You know, they're both viable choices. You know, man-made diamond, it's a manufactured product. So we can theoretically at least produce as many of them as we want, and that's reflected in the price. You know, with natural diamonds, it's a non-renewable natural resource. It's one of the, you know, most valuable things you can own from a, you know, at least a value-to-weight ratio. So for a lot of people, natural diamond is perceived as a more profound or special gift because of that. And, you know, as humans, we, we tend to like rare and valuable things. It's something that's kind of hardwired in us, and it's not necessarily practical for us to place such a high value on precious metals like gold and natural gems like diamonds, but we do, and that's you know probably not going to change anytime soon. Now, the stone that is on uh, Mrs. Hart's uh, hand that I gave her uh, 14 years ago, uh, that was an heirloom diamond. That belonged to my grandmother, and uh, in the kind of ecosystem of diamonds, lab-grown versus mined, how many heirlooms are in the mix? How many people uh, uh, pass down a uh, diamond that has some family significance? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're really someone that is generally looking for a, the lowest car, you know, carbon alternative, um, you know, a, a recycled or, you know, um, repurposed diamond is, is the way to go. I mean, you we're talking about, uh, you know, something that utilizes essentially zero energy. And the, the reason I think that's not a more popular market is because the man-made diamond companies 
want to sell you new uh, diamonds and the, the natural diamond miners, they want to sell you new diamonds as well. So there really isn't a big advocate, but I think, uh, you know, a repurposed diamond is a, is a great option. Paul Zimniski, independent diamond industry analyst in New York, is on the line right now. We're talking about uh, today being one of the biggest engagement days of the year. Now, diamonds are, are, are still number one. Uh, that's because they're a girl's best friend. The marketing is very effective. But what's number two? Yeah, and I, I guess this is kind of worth bringing up in this conversation. I mean, I think, you know, for someone that is looking at a man-made diamond, I mean, there are other you know, lower price, nice options that are available. I mean, there's created rubies and emeralds and sapphire, you know, something to consider. Um, you know, they've been around for a while, so there really isn't that buzz around them like there is with man-made diamond. But if you want a white stone, you can go with white sapphire. You could go with a diamond alternative called moissanite, which actually has, um, you know, better reflective, uh, uh, um, you know, capabilities. It reflects light better than diamond. Um, and all of these could be bought at, you know, much lower price points than a natural diamond. And then we, we talked about uh, the lab-grown diamonds. I mean, this is a process that's been around since the 1950s. It basically mimics the natural process uh, that makes a diamond that's mined. But do people ask for lab-grown diamonds by name or ask for mined diamonds by name because it means that much to them? I mean, can you really tell the difference? Yeah, uh, so they can be distinguished. You, te- you know, technically need to, to go to, um, you know, to a gemologist or a, a grading institution, uh, you know, if you want assurance in that front. Um, but the production technologies are evolving, you know, quite, quite quickly. And I think, you know, the next big thing in the jewelry industry is going to be man-made diamond produced in custom colors. Say colors not found in natural diamond. And we're gonna, I think we're going to see man-made diamond, you know, cut into custom shapes like alphabet letters. So you could have a diamond necklace with your initials, which is something you would never see with natural diamond because the material is, you know, too valuable to, to cut that way. Um, but right now, it's like it just seems like it's too easy and profitable for the industry to mimic, you know, natural diamonds with like simple white solitaires and sell it as an alternative to natural diamond. Um, but I think consumers will eventually tire of that. So uh, stay tuned for, for what's next, I guess. Paul Zimniski, independent diamond industry analyst in New York. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, financial planning for pet owners. Credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Owning a pet can be fun, fulfilling, and also, at times, expensive. Let's talk about the financial end with Chris Everett, fiduciary financial planner and president of Everett Wealth Solutions in Forest Park. Chris, thank you for joining us today. And... I have kids and they always ask, can we get a dog? Can we get a dog? And I said, well, the first thing we got to do is we're getting a fish and we'll take care of the fish first. And if you have a sense of responsibility about the fish, then we can talk. But uh, above and beyond that, uh, if you do want to get a a dog or a cat or a turtle or a a mockingbird, a mina, a cockatiel, uh, anything anything that lives, uh, you should probably do the math on how much it's going to cost before you uh, actually go to the breeder or the shelter. Absolutely. Anything that lives. I mean, from a, a pet to a child, it's all an expense. So I think planning it you know, and if you don't have a pet now, but you want one, why not consider saving up for it, right? Why not also investigate your breed and see what the um, illnesses are typical for that bird, dog, cat, whatever, because getting insurance is probably something you're going to want to consider. 
is and and before you even uh, uh, start talking about pet insurance or even uh, thinking about like the various uh, uh, medical issues uh, uh, inherent to that particular breed of animal, um, what's some kind of basic back of the napkin math you should do uh, before you actually just when it comes to the expense of owning a pet? Well, just like the cost, what are you going to feed that animal? Is it going to be something that you prepare individually? Is it going to be, I don't know. So look at the cost of maintenance. If it's a cat, look at the litter cost. If it's a dog, you know, all the vet bills, any kind of animal, what the vet, vet bills might look like. I think you consider an expense related to adding that individual, right? Let's call it that. That's your life. What's the cost? Just do the math. And, uh, and and above and beyond that, uh, when you go on vacation, all of a sudden there's one more expense because who's going to take care of your dog or your cat while you're away? And if both people work in the household, uh, who's going to take care of the dog while you're gone? You know, during the day, that could be another expense. Getting a dog walker. You got it. That's right. So dog walkers can certainly be a lot more cost effective than putting them into a kennel and all that other stuff. But, you know, it depends on who you are. It's your money. It's your lifestyle. See what you can afford before you make that decision so you don't run over a cliff. Now we're talking to Chris. Monthly budget. We're talking to Chris Everett, fiduciary financial planner and president Everett Wealth Solutions in Forest Park. And that's that. And those are the expenses you can anticipate. Now let's talk about the expenses that uh, come up uh, unexpectedly. Let's say the dog has a tooth issue. Uh, let's say uh, the dog gets sick all of a sudden. And I think that's where pet insurance comes in. I think so, too. And I think just like anything else, you have to count the cost of what you want to do. So if you found a breed that you really want to buy, why not talk to a vet and see what typically comes up for that breed? Talk to other pet owners who have that experience. Definitely. Consider all costs. Chris Everett, fiduciary financial planner and president, Everett Wealth Solutions in Forest Park. Thank you for joining us today. Still ahead in Personal Finance Wednesday, a Valentine's Day discussion of couples and money. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 
The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Rideshare drivers walk the picket line to press their case for better working conditions. A leading Republican lawmaker reacts to the decision in the Biden classified documents case. Personal Finance Wednesday, a Valentine's Day talk about the potential pitfalls of money in relationships. More and more single people saying they're growing weary of dating apps. We'll touch base with a professional matchmaker, WBBM Business. The markets are higher. The Dow is up five points. NASDAQ up 90. S&P 500 up 18. We have 43 degrees right now in Chicago under mostly sunny skies going up to 45. It's 1231. Topping our news at the half hour. Lyft, Uber and DoorDash drivers across the country are demonstrating today to demand better pay and safety while on the job. Rallies are taking place at O'Hare and nine other airports plus more than 40 other cities around the U.S. It's being led by the group Justice for App Workers, which represents more than 130,000 drivers, along with the organization Rideshare Drivers United. House Leader Mike Johnson is claiming a double standard after the special counsel decided not to charge President Biden in his classified documents case. Speaker Johnson questions part of the special counsel's conclusions. The DOJ is indicting one president with politically motivated charges, and they are now carrying the water for another amid very similar allegations. But Johnson agrees with the special counsel on this score. A man too incapable of being held accountable for mishandling classified information is certainly unfit for the Oval Office. President Biden snapped back at the special counsel's conclusions and called comments about his memory politically motivated. Linda Kenyon, CBS News, Washington. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are slightly higher today. We welcome in Vahan Janjigian, Chief Investment Officer of Greenwich Wealth Management in Greenwich, Connecticut. Vahan, thank you for joining us today. Before we talk about today's market activity, let's talk about yesterday's sell-off, which uh, clearly was triggered by that uh, hotter-than-anticipated consumer price index report. Uh, Was this a genuine uh, concern? over uh, the Fed possibly changing its interest rate cut schedule later this year? Or was this an opportunity to to trim some of the froth off of the rally of the last couple of months? Oh, gee, that's a a very good question. And I would say it's a little of both. Um, Clearly, that CPI report scared a lot of people um, and it made them think that the Fed would delay the rate cuts. Um, In my opinion, that CPI report wasn't really that bad. So, um, I don't think the market should have reacted as it did uh, to that report in particular. However, um, I do agree that the market has been a little frothy. It's run up very high. Um, we've seen a, a huge rally. There are lots of stocks that have become overvalued. Um, and I think it was an opportunity for some people to take profits in certain areas. But interestingly, if you look at one of the hottest stocks in the market, um, NVIDIA, It actually did great yesterday. Um, It just continues to go up, uh, despite the fact that a lot of people are getting worried about its valuation. It seems like a lot of people are taking a, a breather today, especially compared to yesterday, because it. And as you point out correctly, the CPI report wasn't necessarily bad. I mean, inflation is still trending in the right direction. The core CPI picked up a little bit, but uh, the, the the issue was not the fact that they were ticking up. The issue was they were higher than what analysts had anticipated. Yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, inflation is actually on a downtrend. It's coming down. It's uh, down a lot on a year-over-year basis. 
It's not, uh, according to the CPI, it's not at that 2% target that the Fed keeps talking about. But the Fed doesn't really focus on the CPI anyway. It focuses more on the PCE, which we'll get later this month. But, um, you know, overall, uh, the trend in inflation looks really good. The Fed will be cutting rates this year. I've been arguing that they should have already started. They should have cut 25 basis points at the last meeting um, and skipped every other meeting. So so perhaps maybe three cuts this full year. I think they'll still do something like that, but they're probably going to wait till about June right now. Um, I don't think the Fed needs to be aggressive. But one thing to keep in mind is that um, monetary policy works with a lag. And that's true on the way up as well as on the way down. So um, if inflation is indeed coming down and everything indicates that it is, the Fed doesn't want to be behind the curve. It should give us a 25 basis point cut as soon as possible, skip a meeting, do it again, and get us down somewhere around, you know, maybe about four and a half percent by the end of the year. It's uh, interesting to note uh, Lyft share is up 35 percent. Now, is that off the actual <laughs> quarterly report or are they still trading higher off of that typo that was in their quarterly report? Oh, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I don't know what is causing uh, Lyft to go up. Uh, as you know, there is a, a strike going on today, and that certainly wouldn't be favorable for the stock. But uh, anytime you see an earnings report, there's a huge reaction, especially for a stock like that. And I'm, I'm guessing uh, it's, it's not very. I mean, actually, or is it very often where you see an actual uh, uh, typographical error? Because in the case of the Lyft report, they talked about, um, I believe it was margin, and they said uh, the the type said there would be a 500 basis point increase or about a 5% increase uh, in margin over the course of the year. It was actually a 50 basis point uh, increase, which I think is about half a percentage point. And, and, and stocks, the stock rallied off of that just because the, uh, the, the algorithm liked what it saw. Yeah, but Lyft also uh, corrected that typo very quickly. So that doesn't explain why the stock uh, would be rallying now. Uh, based on a typo. Vahan Jenjigian, Chief Investment Officer, Greenwich Wealth Management in Greenwich, Connecticut. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next in Personal Finance Wednesday, trying to keep money matters from spoiling a personal relationship. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Personal Finance Wednesday. On this Valentine's Day, we're taking some time to tackle the sticky issue of couples and money. We welcome in Christine Benz, Director of Personal Finance and Retirement Planning at Morningstar in Chicago. Christine, thank you for joining us today and and, and and in previous segments where we've talked about uh, couples and money we've talked about uh, more scandalous ideas like financial <laughs> infidelity secret secret accounts uh, the husband in the relationship is uh, up all night uh, you know making uh, secret purchases of uh, model trains and things like that uh, I'm sure that happens all the time but uh, the, the larger issue though is communications issues and that's that's really the 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 cause of and solution to like all of life's problems. Um, if you can talk it through, whether it's about money or where to go on vacation or other relationship issues, uh, chances are you're going to solve the problem. Well, very much so. And we're all wired a little bit differently with respect to our attitudes toward money. A lot of it is rooted in how we grew up, our formative money experiences, 
if we grew up in a household where scarcity was the norm, where we were worried that there wasn't enough or, you know, our shoes weren't as current as our as our schoolmates, things like that can really make an impact on how we approach spending and how much we like spending as we move through our lives. And couples can really conflict on these things. So it's I think a starting point is to understand what your partner's money experiences have been, what their history is like, and that can make you much more understanding. And I think you're much more likely to be able to meet in the middle if you understand where you're coming from. What are the most common sources of disagreement? Well, a really common con- configuration for couples is kind of the what's been called the spendthrift versus the tightwad, where you get someone who is more comfortable spending, they're, they have more of an abundance mindset, and then you've got the other person who's very into saving, very into deferring gratification. Oftentimes, couples configure like this, the opposites attract and that can bring a clash where you've got the person who wants to save, who wants to spend less, meeting up and marrying the person who is more comfortable spending. That's super common and a frequent source of conflict and, in fact, divorce. And then what, are, what about uh, attitudes towards debt? I mean, some people are more comfortable with taking it on as long as they can service it, and others uh, are, are firm believers in uh, paying your own way and making sure you have the money to pay your own way. Right here, I think communication is super important. Understand what debt your partner is bringing into the relationship. I, I frankly think that couples need to hash that out very early in the relationship. Understand sort of like what headwinds you're facing as a couple financially as you enter into this relationship. And then on an ongoing basis, understanding attitude toward debt. Oftentimes that'll kind of sync up with that tight tightwad versus men, uh, versus uh, spendthrift rift, where you have the tightwad who is allergic to debt and the spendthrift is more comfortable taking it on. And, and the big one is you don't really think about that if you're just embarking on the relationship uh, right. and you're just trying to figure, figure things out is who's going to stay home or who is going to potentially go part time or change their career uh, once a baby enters the picture? Right. This is a, a big thing to hash out early on in the marriage. Oftentimes this can lead to disagreement. So can the idea that one couple is the higher one partner in the couple is the higher earner, another is a lower earner. Oftentimes that can create kind of a power dynamic that's uncomfortable. So you want to sort these things out. There are actually it sounds crazy, but there are financial therapists out there to help people who have serious money hang ups. But the bottom line is, if you're having a, a romantic dinner plan for this evening, don't hit them with the with with the money conversation tonight. Uh, they, they can that that one you can kick the can down the road a couple of days. Exactly. Wait until February fifteenth, sixteenth. But tonight is not the night for that. I think tonight is a great night to think about what are our shared goals, what's our vision for, if not our whole life, uh, at least the next uh, couple of months or years. Really have some fun thinking about the things that you want to do in common. And that, I think, is a great source of financial unity where you've got shared goals that you're both pursuing and that you're both super excited about.
Christine Benz, Director of Personal Finance and Retirement Planning at Morningstar in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday. And still to come, singles are going old school when looking for a relationship. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It appears that many singles are reaching the burnout point when it comes to dating apps. Let's discuss pursuing romance in the current environment with Maria Avgatidis, CEO of Agape Match in New York. Uh, Maria, thank you for joining us today. And for the longest time, Maria, I thought that uh, dating apps kind of uh, uh, did away with a great deal of frustration when it came to uh, uh, trying to find people and meet them because the algorithm would match people up based on shared interests and do about uh, 50% of the work for you. But it sounds like uh, swipe right fatigue is uh, set in. It has, it has set in. Um, more singles are experiencing dating fatigue than they ever have before. And there is a reach out to dating analog, dating like it's 1988. I was going to say, does that mean uh, you have to go to a bar with like lots of neon and, 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 and buy the significant <laughs> other a, a wine cooler uh, before you no, uh, strike up a conversation? No, no, no. No, no, no. I want you to think about how our parents met. When our parents were dating, they met through friends. They met in a third space. Maybe they met at their cousin's wedding. Maybe they met at um, a friend's barbecue. Maybe they met at an alumni event. But that first interaction had no stakes. It wasn't dinner across. It wasn't dinner across a stranger. It was let's vibe. Let's see if we're interacting, and then I'm going to ask you out for a first date. And is that uh, in response, I mean, you talk about uh, just the app fatigue, maybe uh, going out on a date that was arranged by an app, there's just too much pressure involved in it. But it's also, is it also kind of a response to COVID-19 that uh, you want to have those in-person experiences again? Um, it's it's two of those things. Like the, the date, dating apps don't arrange dates for you. They just show you potential matches in your zip code, right? So you actually have to know how to online date and then also know how to get off the app. But then the second part about, you know, post you know, COVID, there is a new generation coming out into dating and that is Gen Z. They have never participated in analog dating. They only know digital dating, but they do have a priority in authentic connections. So they do want to meet in person quicker. In fact, Eventbrite, the app, they are reporting a surge of Gen Z users using their app to find in-person events to attend and not necessarily uh, orbiting around singles events, but activities like trivia night or, you know, painting and yoga night. You, you talk about uh, dating like it's 1988, and of course, I still have this image in my head of you know these uh, sweaty singles bars, meat market types of places. But it seems like the, the the dating events or places where people can hang out and vibe are, as you mentioned, uh, trivia night, uh, pickleball events, mm-hmm. uh, spin classes, things like that. So it's it's it, like as you mentioned, low stakes events where you can just hang out and really see if you want to hang out again. Right. Low stakes, high access. Um, like I said, it's they want to go back to dating like it's 1988. And as a professional matchmaker, I'm here for it. I'm that person that, you know, I've replaced 
you know, what, you know, what our parents had where they met through a friend, I'm that friend. People talk to me to talk to quote unquote, my friends, or in this case, potential matches that I can vouch for that. I can say, Hey, this person is also looking for a serious relationship. Hey, this person also shares in your core values and your lifestyle. I think you should meet them. She's holding Cupid's arrow, Maria Avgatita, CEO of Agape Match in New York. Thank you for joining us today. If you missed any part of the show, just go to our stream and skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.